Isaiah chapter 9. Today we continue our series on Advent, which simply means coming. Please stand for the reading of the word. We're reading out of King James this morning, Isaiah 9 verse 6. Today I'd like to spend the remainder of our time together considering the peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, familiar portion of scripture. Uh, That projector didn't want to participate this morning. It's too cold to turn on. So let's read verse 6. Everybody on this side ready? Read. For unto us, Isaiah wrote, for unto us, Isaiah prophesied, for unto us, Isaiah declared, a child is born. Had he been born yet? When Isaiah wrote under inspiration of God and prophesied the coming of the Messiah, had he been born yet? Don't be afraid to answer. The answer is no. But he already was. He is the eternal one. He is God. He is Emmanuel. So Isaiah could not say that he will be. He is. You'll get that later. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And we can call him many things, a mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Today we'll consider our Redeemer, the Prince of Peace. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to understand it and to grasp it, Lord. And not only that, but grant us grace to apply it. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, Lord, and the grace to walk it out. Father, we thank you today for the promise of your word and the comfort that comes by it. I ask and pray that you would anoint me, Lord, to preach your word today just like you gave it to me. I pray that your people would be edified and that your name be glorified. In this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. I'm short on time today, so let's run through this. Peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. Follow me in the back. The word peace in Hebrew is the word shalom. Shalom. You've probably heard that before. If you've gone to Israel, you you will definitely hear this greeting. Shalom. The peace of God. Shalom, uh, if you could address your attention to the screen, shalom means completeness or soundness. I'm, I'm used to looking at both screens Completeness, soundness, welfare, uh, peace, uh, completeness in numbers, safety, soundness in body, uh, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, peace as in friendship of human relationships with God, especially in covenant relationship. Now, let me condense all of that uh, for your understanding because you're not going to remember all of that. Uh, the word shalom can be condensed in, in, into really one understanding. Ready? It's, it's, it's soundness, completeness, or wholeness. Uh, another person said it's lacking nothing. The peace that God gives lacks nothing. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's the peace that only comes from God. No other peace is like the shalom of God. Only the peace of God lacks nothing. There is no other tranquility. There is no other peace on the planet that is likened unto the shalom of God. And this is what Isaiah said he would be. 
the Prince of Peace. The world's definition of peace is the following, and this is where we can really begin to discern the difference between the two. The world's definition of peace, in a nutshell, is the absence of conflict, harmony, well-being, harmonious well-being, freedom from hostile aggression. That's the world's definition of peace, the absence of conflict. Now, without me having to stand up here for the next 25 minutes shouting at you, right off the bat, you should understand that that's not the peace that God promises unto us. In fact, Jesus in the word of God repeatedly says, in this world, you will have trouble. We're pressed on every side. Come on, are you hearing me? The peace of God, the shalom of God is never the absence of conflict. Instead, it is the peace of God in the middle of. In spite of, that's the kind of peace that God gives to us. In spite of what surrounds us, in spite of what we're going through, we can be sound. We can have the peace of God. Even while the storms rage, he is our peace. You see, the world defines peace as the absence of conflict, but God never promised us the absence of conflict. But he said, I will be peace in the middle of the storm. The gospels never promise us a life of ease, but it does promise us a crown of eternal life when we finish at the end. The gospels never promise us a life of ease. I wish you'd hear me. But he says, while you go through this journey, I will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I can't promise you a life without trouble, but I will be your peace in the middle of that trouble that's the shalom that God gives us it's not the absence of conflict that tells us that we can go through hell and high water and he will never leave us or forsake us the world's kind of peace is circumstantial at best but that's not the shalom that comes from God lack of conflict how many of you how many of you right now have have conflict in your life how many would say pastor i have issues right now i have struggles i'm being tested i'm troubled in different ways you see that's the the, the world's peace comes by way of circumstances uh, when you have health insurance you feel better right because if something hurts you get that jab in your heart you feel like uh oh i need to go to the hospital and you're glad that you have health insurance the world's idea of peace is financial security but if the bottom ever falls out that peace is gone that's the world's idea of peace But God will give you the kind of peace that with or without health insurance, with or without a bank account or 401k, he will give you the peace that passes all human understanding. That's peace. Now, 8 o'clock, we have to know this. We have to understand this right from the beginning. There cannot be, you cannot, we cannot experience the peace of God until we have peace with God. People pursue peace. In fact, people pursue the peace of God without first settling the issue of having peace with God. Let's say this unequivocally to a lost and dying world. You cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And that's what the birth of Jesus, the first advent of Jesus, that's really what set into motion God's plan to bridge the gap between a sinful creation, hear me, a sinful man, and a holy and a righteous God. This is God's plan. In the advent of Jesus, we see God's plan to set in motion, watch it now, the healing, the bridging of the gap, the the void, the huge, the huge distance 
Jesus that separated a holy God and a sinful man. Christ would come as our mediator, the one who would stand between God and man to forever initiate a covenant of peace. Now we are allowed to have access into the presence of a holy God while being sinful men. God allows us to stand in his presence and that's only because you and I have peace with God. And how do you have peace with God if not by way of Jesus, the son of God? You can't have peace without you can't have the peace of God without having peace with God. People try to have it. They try to buy it. They go to great lengths to have peace of God, but they can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Watch what Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says. Therefore, I wish you'd help me read it. Ready? Read. Therefore, being what? Justified by faith. Read it like you're saved. We have peace with God. How? By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Somebody say this grace. Wherein we stand and we rejoice in what? In hope of the glory of God. I love it. Therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. If you have peace with God today, you ought to shout hallelujah. Friend, you either have peace with God or he is your enemy. You don't comprehend what I just said. If you are at peace with God, that ought, to, that ought to cause you to sleep every night. I don't care what you're sleeping on. I don't care if you're sleeping on a metal spring. You, if you have peace with God, you ought to shut your eyes and say, ha, ha, ha. Whoo, I'm at peace with God. Friend, the thought of standing before his holy throne ought to cause you to shiver and tremble like a dead man. You being able to say today, I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That means if I were to die today, let me, say, let me say this with you. We're constantly reminded as to how fragile life is. A good friend of my brother and his friends, uh, their, their cousin got the flu. And I'm not trying to scare you. He got a simple cold and flu. That led to his lungs and he got an infection. And this young man, no more than 40 years old, died. And will be buried in a few days from now. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This is not some strange story that we read about on the news. This is somebody that my brother knows. This is a young man that brought my brother a box of grapes not too long ago. Gone. Eternity is waiting for us all. And if you don't have peace with God, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. You have peace with God today through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank God that he is the go-between, the mediator. Thank God that he initiated a covenant of peace. You couldn't approach a holy God, but Jesus came and represented your side. Hallelujah. And he said, oh, Father, these are those that you have given unto me. Now watch it now. He washes us and cleanses us with his blood. We're going to read in the book of Ephesians that by the blood of Christ, we were aliens. We were far from God, aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, and he brought us near to God by way of his own blood. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Somebody say, I have peace with God. Oh, you can't say that and lie. I hope you do. I have peace with God. I told my brother last night as we spoke on the phone, he said, this man, I mean, this was a good guy. He's just, he's gone and they're, they're devastated. 
And I told my brother, I said, hey, now you got to be ready to meet your maker. I, so jokingly, I asked my brother, Canal, are you ready? Are you ready to die? He said, oh, Canal, I'm ready to go. I'll go to glory with a fresh pair of Air Force Ones, brand new. According to Romans 5, it reminds us that Jesus, number one, Jesus is the author of peace with God, which leads to the peace of God. When you share the gospel, as Minister Wilson so greatly encouraged us on Wednesday, he laid the hammer down on all of us for not going out and sharing our testimony with other people. But as you share the gospel, you got to understand that this is so key. You can't have peace with God. You can't have the peace of God, I should say, until you have peace with God. And that only comes through Jesus. People all over the world right now all want the same thing. They think that their need is for money or, or materialistic things. But let me tell you what their soul longs for. Peace. Multimillionaires kill themselves all the time. I wish you'd help me here. Rich and famous people kill themselves. They die alone in their bathrooms. Y'all ain't talking to me. Needles jammed in their veins. A gun at their side. Not lacking anything materialistic but missing something in their soul. What's missing? Shalom. There's no soundness in their soul. There's no completeness there. But how many can testify that when you truly were born again, I mean when you knew that you were saved for real, that you went home to the same raggedy house, the same little apartment you got in your same terrible-looking car, even if it was nice, those things no longer satisfied you. Even if you had a mansion, those things no longer brought you peace. It wasn't your job or bank account anymore. It was knowing that should you die that day, you would spend eternity in the presence of a holy God that day you were happy you want to know why because you had peace with God somebody shout I have peace with God what a terrible thing to not have peace with God what a frightening thing Ephesians chapter 2 watch what it says I love it Ephesians 2 verse 12 through 14 watch what it says it says remember and as be remember, I love that. Remember, you should circle, underline, highlight if you even do that anymore. Remember, brothers. Remember, because you're prone to forget, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and you were strangers. Yes, you, I know you think you weren't, but you were strangers to the covenant of promise. Ready? Having some hope. Having a little hope. Having no hope. You have the God-given scriptural authority based by all theological matters to tell somebody, look them in their face and tell them you are without hope. If Jesus is not your Savior, you have no hope. They don't have some. There's none. Apart from Jesus, there is no hope. Watch what it says. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now. Somebody say, but now. You ought to help me read it. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were what? Far off have been brought. Only one person's clapping, but everybody should be clapping and saying hallelujah. Because I am the one who was formerly afar off. Somebody say, I was far off. Come on, somebody shout, I was far off. 
But now we've been what? We have been brought near. Somebody shout, I'm near. I'm near to God. How am I near to God? By way of the blood of Jesus Christ. I was far off, alien to the commonwealth of Israel, without hope and without a covenant of promise. But because of the blood of Jesus, I have been brought near by that blood. Oh, thank God that you can now come to the throne of grace. Why? Because of his blood. You were far off. I was far off. As I was meditating on this last night, I said, God, thank you, because I could almost see myself far off. Far from God, cut off from the commonwealth of Israel without hope, without God, with religion, but without God. Because people confuse religion and relationship with God, their creator. Jesus comes and he gives us peace with God. And when we have peace with God, that leads to the peace of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Secondly, the the word of God teaches us that Jesus is not only the author of peace, but he is our peace. Oh, if my mom was here, I'd look at her and she'd probably start singing a song. I learned it in Spanish. El es mi paz. Y'all don't know it. To be honest with you, it's so old, I don't even remember the words. He is my peace. I can hum it, but I don't know the word, but I can hum it for you all day. He is my peace. He is my peace. Not only is he the author of peace, he is our peace. Well, give me Bible, John chapter 14, verse 27. Hallelujah. Watch what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. And it's not as the world gives do I give to you. Therefore, don't let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. We were all separated from Christ. Strangers of the promise. No hope. Now in Christ, we've been brought near. And Ephesians says, for he himself is our peace. Everybody say, he himself. Somebody say, he himself is my peace. You see, Ephesians 2 tells us that he is not only the author of peace, he is our peace. And John 14, 27 reminds us that his peace can be our peace. John 14 tells us that his peace can be our peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That means that his peace can be my peace. Now notice I said can be because it's not always the case. Now here's where the rubber meets the road for us. Something, just because something has been made available to you by way of covenant doesn't mean that you are accessing such blessings, such favor, such grace. Here's the truth of the matter. We can have his peace, but oftentimes we go without it. You're not going to say amen to this, I know. But some of you came this morning troubled in your soul and in your spirit. The opposite of peace is worry. And right now you are worried about some things instead of having peace over that situation. And I'm talking from the pulpit down. The opposite of peace is not trouble. The opposite of peace is worry.
We're not going to have time, but Paul writes so vividly that scripture that we love to talk about. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But before, within the context of what Paul said about the peace of God that passes understanding, within the context before that he says, Let, make your supplications known to God. Pray about everything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in all things pray, giving thanks to God. And then he says, and the peace of God that surpasses understanding. You see, the peace of God has, has been made available to us, but we don't come and pray about these things. We don't bring them to the altar so that he can give us in exchange for our worry. He can give us peace that passes understanding understanding there's an old song that says oh what peace we often forfeit all because how's that song what's that song what a friend we have in Jesus there's a line in that song that says oh what peace we often forfeit because we don't come to God in prayer if you're worried right now and I know you are if you're troubled right now and I know you are you need the peace of God his peace can be our peace. And I don't know about you, but I want that for my life right now. I know that he is my peace, but I don't always have that peace. And I need to be reminded today I can have his peace. I've told this to new believers a thousand times, discipling people through the years of pastoral ministry, because they always want to know. One of the main things that they always want to know is, how do I know I'm hearing from God? How do I know I'm in the will of God? New believers are constantly asking, Pastor, how do I know it's God? And I tell them, God will shout at you by way of peace. Well, I'm not hearing God, I said. I said, friend, one of, the, one of the most sure ways that you know that God is indeed speaking to your heart through his word or through circumstances even is by way of his peace. And if you don't have peace about something, then God is trying to tell you that ain't it. How many have experienced that peace, that calm, not because everything was calm, but because he calmed everything in you? How many know what it's like to, I mean, to have every logical reason to be stressed and still he, he keeps you in perfect peace? Have you experienced that? When I rolled my parents' Lincoln Town Car and was standing on the side of the road watching firemen run and look for my body, there was a supernatural peace that was over me right then and there. I was not afraid. I was not worried about a thing. I could have died in that car. And there I was standing there sharing the gospel with the man who ran across the street to help find me. Surely that wasn't the, that wasn't the wherewithal or the calmness of a young uh, I don't know, 19-year-old man, I should have been beside myself, but the peace of God. The peace of God comes upon us. Thank God that Jesus is. He's not only the author of peace, he is our peace. And watch it in John 14, he says, peace I leave with you, follow me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now, it's, and he goes on to say, not as the world gives. What kind of peace does the world give then? Jesus says, my peace I give to you. It's my peace. And I don't give it to you like the world gives it to you. It's different. Somebody shout, it's different. Why is it different? Here's why. Because the world's peace, put it up there, the world's peace is contingent upon circumstances. The world's peace will always be contingent upon circumstances. Confined to circumstances. Think about it for a moment. When do people in the world have peace? When do they have peace? Only when everything is what? Talk to me in here. You remember, you, didn't always, you weren't always saved. When did you have peace back in the before you knew Jesus? 
Oh, well, thank you for your honesty, never. But I'm sure there were moments, right? During those moments when you thought you had peace, I bet you you had money. I bet you your car had new tires. My God, when you put new tires on a car, it's almost like you feel like, it can nothing happen to me. My tires are new. Brother Gary, you're feeling that. He's looking, he's excited. You walk out and you see those little sticky things sticking out in the rubber. As long as it has those little hairs sticking out, man, these are. The world's peace is contingent upon circumstances. But the peace of God, the peace of God is not contingent upon our circumstances. The peace of God flows from a steadfast confidence in our Christ. That's the peace of God. Why do we have peace? Of, why do we have the peace of God? Because our confidence is in Jesus. You have to hear me. As I, as I was thinking about this, I, I, this, this came to my mind. For, for, there's a lion's den for every Daniel. I'll take it further. There's a prison for every Paul. There's a fiery furnace for three faithful boys. You see, here's the difference. There's a, there's a picture, there's an old painting of Daniel, and I love it. There's a painting of Daniel, and he's well on in years. And you've probably seen the painting on the Internet. It's, it's, it's a well-known painting. And it, has, and, and it shows Daniel in the lion's den, and he's standing there with his hands behind his back. And the lions are asleep around him. This is what distinguishes the peace of God from the peace that the world gives. The peace that the world gives is always contingent upon circumstances. That means that when everything's right, then there's going to be peace in their heart. But that's not the case with believers. You see, there's a lion's den with your name on it. And God, God won't always deliver you or keep you from the lion's den, but he surely will shut the mouths of the lions. He will give you peace. Here's what, here's what distinguishes the peace of God from the peace of the world. The world only has peace when they're kept from trouble but God gives us peace in the middle of trouble. Somebody clap your hands like you're alive today and thank God that there might be a lion's den with your name on it. There might, come on now, for every Paul, there is a prison. For every Daniel, there's a lion's den. But he gives us peace in the middle of it all. This is why people think you're crazy. Because you have peace in the middle of that hell and high water. And it's real. Which you testify to that. It's real. It's not a fake piece. It's not phony. It's legitimate. Verified. Bonafide. Shalom. Wholeness. Completeness. Soundness. And you don't have to have everything going right to have peace with God. To have the peace of God. The peace of God. You can't put a price on that. People are going to feel this service in just a few moments. Second service is going to come and it's going to, be, it's going to be full of people that are tormented. Because when I was in prayer, the Spirit of God said, I'm going to send people to you that are absolutely afflicted. And they go without the thing that matters most. And that's peace in their soul. And they're going to dress up and they're going to be in your church. And I want you to tell them that the only way they get the peace of God is by having peace with God. Maybe everybody at 8 o'clock already has peace with God. Thank God. Your face ought to show it. Does that mean that we're not going to feel the effects of the storm? Yes, you will feel the effects of the storm. Let's deal with this right now. Does that mean that having the peace of God means that you're not going to feel the effects of the storm raging? You will feel the effects of the storm raging. 
but he'll calm you in the middle of it. According to John 16, verse 33, watch it. We know that peace is not the absence of conflict. Help me read now. We're almost done. Ready? Read. These things I have spoken to you. Read. Read it again. These things I have spoken to you so that what? So that in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I get excited in the middle of the verse. Let's read it again. These things I have spoken to you. Why? So that in me. Somebody say in me. You may have what? Because, because, because in the world, what? You got to have peace in me because in the world you have trouble. Have, have peace in me. Have, uh, here, peace I, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Furthermore, he says, the things I spoke to you, it's so that you can have peace in me. Because you're going to have trouble. Jesus told you trouble was coming. But he said that in the middle of trouble, you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Peace is never the absence of conflict for us. Never that. Now, I want to I send you home with two ways or two keys to help you keep <laughs> the peace or to help keep you in peace. Number one. Ready? Here it is. Simple. Ready? Focus on God. Let me tell you what you do. Let me tell you what we do. Pastor's guilty of this too. If when I lack peace, it's not because it's not readily available. It's not because it hasn't been made available to me. When I lack peace, it's because my focus is on the problem. Have you ever, I know we've all done this. Have you ever focused on a problem so much that it got smaller? Have you ever focused on a problem, your trouble, so much that it just began to shrink? The more you focused on it, the smaller it got. Talk to me in here. Has that ever happened to you? What happens? Talk to me. What happens? We got to go 8 o'clock. What happens? It seems like the more we focus on a problem, what happens to that problem? It just gets. Why don't y'all talk to me in here? The more you focus on it, the what? The. So how do we, how do we, how do we keep. How do we keep peace? Ready? Focus on God. Because some of you right now, I sense the spirit of the Lord. Some of you right now, you're focusing on everything but him. Everything but him. When Peter, thank you, Holy Ghost, when Peter, uh, when Peter was called, when Jesus bid Peter to come and to step out on those waves, he did all right until he shifted his eyes. The gospel says when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Such a simple, simple concept. We start to sink when we shift our eyes away from God. How do I keep peace? Keep your focus on him. Focus on God. Think about what I'm telling you. Keep your focus there. Because if you, the more you focus on your problem, that thing is going to consume you. And it will rob you of peace that belongs to the covenant children of God. That peace, God has given it to us. We've been brought into that covenant by way of Jesus. And you're forfeiting that shalom because you're focusing on everything but God. 
You know that people come to church freaked out, stressed out, bummed out. You want to know why? Because their focus is on everything but God. What happens when you focus on God? You know he gives you peace. As you set your heart's affections on him, as they're realigned, wow, he gives you perspective as to what's going on around you. And even if he doesn't change the circumstances, he calms you while you go through them. How many can say amen to that? The Bible reminds us, put it up, that that perfect peace comes when we fix our mind on God. The word of God says in the book of Isaiah 26, you ought to love this verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Ready? You, put it up there, you keep him. You already know it. Don't, don't come on. They don't know it. You keep him in perfect peace. Ready? Whose mind is what? You keep him in perfect peace. That's a promise. Somebody say, that's a promise. He promised to keep you in not only in peace, in what? Perfect peace. If there's levels to this, then here it is. It's not just peace. It's perfect peace. Money can't give perfect peace. People can't give you perfect peace, but God gives us perfect peace. You keep him in perfect peace. Ready? Whose mind is stayed on you. What's your mind stayed on? <laughs> perfect peace comes when you fix your mind on God. Now, the last, uh, so, so, so I, I want to I encourage you today to stop focusing on the problem and meditate on his presence. I'm preaching to myself today. Stop focusing on the problem and meditate on his presence. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And Satan, I don't know who I'm talking to, but Satan's always trying to get my mind off of him. It's always, he's always trying to get my mind on the problem. Always trying to get my mind on how and where and what. And he's always trying to shift my attention away from him. But God, I have to keep my focus on him because when my focus is on him, he will keep me in perfect peace. This is his promise to me. Keep your focus on him. Don't shift it away. Stop looking at the problem and get your eyes eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world, the song says, will grow faintly dim in light of his glory and grace. Look full in his glorious face. Look full into his face. And everything begins to subside. It's only when our focus is on God. I know you want something deeper, but you're focused on everything else but God. Keep your focus there. Perfect peace comes when your mind is fixed. Somebody say, my mind is fixed. Stop concentrating on the problem. Number two, at the end of the text, Isaiah 26, 3, at the end of the text, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Ready? Because he trusts in you. Peace is also an issue of trust. Number two, trust him. His timing and his purposes are perfect. Trust him. How do, you keep, how do you keep the peace of God? You have peace with God, uh, but just because you have peace with God doesn't mean you're going to have the peace of God. I have peace with God. I know I'm ready. I'm ready to die. Should, should, should he call my ticket today? I'm ready. I told Adrian, I said, hey, because uh, pray for me, by the way. I have a vein that's swollen. It hasn't gone down really, and that's freaking me out a little bit. So I, I said, Lord, maybe I have a blood clot that's forming right now, and it's going to go to my brain. I'm going to pass out and die at TJ Maxx. Because I was at TJ Maxx while I was like, well, maybe I have a blood clot that's forming right now. And I'm about to have some kind of aneurysm. And the, I'm going to go to glory at TJ Maxx. Now, don't look at me. Well, pastor really needs prayer. He's depressed and he wants to die. No. Not before I eat tamales and ham and stuff like that for Christmas. On the 26th, I'll be ready to go. 
<laughs> Not before the holidays. <laughs> in all seriousness, for a moment, I stopped there in the middle of the store, and whether you believe this or not, in the middle of TJ Maxx, the presence of God very sweetly, very sweetly came and said, son, <laughs> boy, I know that you're ready, but you can have peace with God and lack the peace of God. So let me now calm the storm that rages in you. I know you look dressed up, you look like it's all right, but there's a storm raging in you too. You have peace with God, praise Jesus, you have peace with God. But that doesn't mean you have the peace of God right now. And I don't know about you, but I need it. And I hope you would recognize this morning that so do you. So what do I do? Trust him. And he'll keep your and he will keep you in perfect peace. Here's how I know, because he uses your trouble <laughs> to build trust. And how many remember being small? I'm done. Junior come. How many remember being little and then something happened, but you trusted your dad was there and you just knew as long as dad's here, everything's gonna be. Come on, talk to me in here. You didn't have that kind of father in your life. You're like, man, dad's here. How many? Let me talk to the girl. How many thought that your dad could fix anything? And then you got a little old and you realized, man, my dad can't fix anything. <laughs> and he's been paying somebody this whole time. You, rem you remember? But you remember, though, looking at your father like the hero, like, oh, as long as dad's here, there was what? There, you just felt. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? See, the advent of Jesus is about the coming, O Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, a son has been given, and his name shall be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father. All of you might have a favorite characteristic of God. This is becoming one of mine. He is the Prince of Peace. He is my peace. And as long as I know that my Father is there, that ought to calm the storm that rages in me. And not only in me, but around me. Because for every lion's den, there's a Daniel. He might not deliver you from it right away, but he'll keep you in it. He'll keep you, sustain you through it. Will you bow your hearts? I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know what has you worried. I don't know what has you missing the peace of God. But you know there's not peace in your heart about some things. You know what they are. And Jesus in his advent, in his coming, in his birth, he reminds us today, I am your peace. As long as you have me, 
there is peace, shalom, available to you. Lay your burden down. Bring what, uh, what afflicts you, bring it to him and say, Lord, I lay it down. In exchange for that shalom, you know what's troubling my heart and my mind. You know, Lord, what I'm worried about right now. And right now, in exchange for my burdens, Lord, I receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God that passes all.